everyone, welcome back to the That One Video Galaxy Podcast. I'm Gerard. I'm Brett. And I'm Ted. Yes, he is. Hi, guys. Welcome Hi. back. Um, It's a lovely day. It is. It's actually pretty gloomy. It's, it's not gloomy. It's up, and, it's up and down right now. It's gray, but also blue. It's up it's, and down? On this side of our window, it's blue. Over there, it's gray. It's weird. It's like half cloudy, half not. Um, welcome back to the podcast. Yeah, welcome back to the podcast. Where we talk about video games and inevitably make fun of Ted's opinions. Yeah, because Ted's opinions are dumb. <laughs> That's not true. I'm sorry, Ted. Ted, first, first off, Wait Ted, put me on blast. <laughs> so you're admitting that they're dumb opinions. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to point it out. You know. You're right. I Ted, yeah. Look at you. This is the same, guys. I don't know. The God willing. This video will actually get out to you, but this is the exact same purple shirt that Ted was talking about, that we were talking about, that we were admiring on Ted the other day, but the video got, like, corrupted. Yeah. And we pointed it out. So we're going to point out again. Uh, Bradley, will you take a look at, like, zoom in on one of the purple squares on Ted's shirt? Just that one right there, that purple, that real royal purple right there, right there. Ooh, look at that purple. That's that why I knew I could wear this shirt again. That's good purple. Thank you, Ted, for having the foresight yeah. to do that. Thank you. Thank you, Bradley. Uh, out you're there. welcome. Today we're talking about <clears throat> game choices and not so much like mm -hmm. what games you want to play, but choices <laughs> that you make in video games. Yes. Ted, yeah. you said that you had some stuff to say about this. This was Ted's topic of choice. Yes. So, Ted, why are we talking about this? Tell us what you got. I think with regards to game design, like as a video game player, like you inevitably start thinking about game design. And I was recently introduced to the concept of illusion of choice. Go on. For those for the uninitiated in the audience, let them know what that means. Illusion of choice. So I don't I don't know precisely right. what, All right, moving on. New topic. what the definition New topic. is, but <laughs> I think it boils down to here's all the options you have to pick from and you just pick whichever you want and it'll like you'll just go down whatever path that is, but the illusion of choice means all of the choices will, like, unbeknownst to you, lead to the same, like, conclusion or end Sure. Point. Yeah. Yeah. I believe. So what, what we're really talking about here is not the illusion of choice, because there is choice, but less so, or more so, like, the illusion of different ramifications based on those choices. I think something I like... I think so, yeah. I, I think, like, Until Dawn is a prime example of <clears throat> choice, illusion of choice, kind of. Go on. <clears throat> um, Are we about to spoil the hell out of Until Dawn? Uh, not really. It's okay. just, it's just, I think it's the idea of like, in that game, it's all about the choices that you make determine the plot and what goes on, mm. or the choices you do or don't make. Yeah. And uh, the game kind of tricks you <laughs> at points of like, mm -hmm. you do the right thing, but the right thing is actually the wrong thing to do the right thing and vice versa. So it's like really kind of warped. But would um, you say that Until Dawn does indeed give you different outcomes based on your choices. Absolutely, yes. So would you say that... A, you're, in, you're, that in that case, it's a literal illusion of choice. But is it an illusion or is it actual choices? It's actual choices, but like the illusion of... of I guess illusion is not a good word to use. Derivative? Derivative choices or... Uh, Maybe. False choice. Fa alternative choices. There you go. That's <laughs> No, let's not call it that. <laughs> uh, Ted, what games are you thinking of when you're thinking of like this phenomenon? Um, I actually think a lot about, uh, like open world games. Such as? Well, right now I'm playing, uh, uh, I'm big into Horizon lately, Zero Dawn. Is that an open worlder? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Basically. It's a big boy. <clears throat> so, 
there's a losing a choice in that? Um, I guess not starkly, but like if you're you're going towards a goal and you can reach it by like many means, mm-hmm. and it like seems like there's a lot of options for you to take to reach the same goal. Mm-hmm. So it just it seems at least parallel to me for the illusion of choice. Hmm. Well, I mean, let me put it this way. Mm-hmm. What would a game like Horizon have to do for you You good. For you to like think of it as this is not an illusion of choice, this is an actual choice. What does a game have to provide in order for you to consider it an actual actual choice? I think like something like uh can you think guy, of an example like this like not not from the game right now but mm-hmm. like if you decide whether a character lives or dies like, like a big npc lives or dies so <clears throat> until dawn mm-hmm. that is basically the game itself sure would you say that those are actual choices in until dawn or illusions because I'm trying to understand. I'm trying to understand the difference of what we're getting at here. Sure. I'm not super familiar with Until Dawn, to I be see. honest. Okay, But okay, okay. I, I would consider those choices. So are you saying it? the difference is the gravity of the choice, the gravity of the situation? Is that what it is? Because I kind of understand the concept you're talking about. Mm-hmm. I think we all do out here. We're all familiar with video games giving us choices, but ultimately we are led to very similar, if not identical, endings. And I think we can all understand why they do that. Um, There's no, you know, video games can't work like real life where everything starts to change and ripple out based on your choices. Mm -hmm. Eventually things have to come back towards the resolutions that the game designers created. It has to. Um, I get that. so I'm trying to just figure out the difference between actual choice and illusion of choice. You sure. Know what I mean, um, like, what was it? Oh yeah, Resident Evil, right? Oh my God, perfect example. Resident Evil Seven. Yeah. <clears throat> so there was like, there's a one choice you make in that game, basically, right? Mm. Is it one choice? One choice. We're gonna spoil the hell out of Resident Evil Seven, guys. Bradley's big ass spoiler on the spoiler screen. warning for Resident Evil Seven incoming in three. Two, one. There's a point in the game where you get a cure for whatever fucked up virus is going on. And you have a choice of giving it to the crazy fucked up girlfriend that you've been looking for the entire time. Who has betrayed you multiple times over the course of the game, but you still care about for some reason. And It's like the whole point of playing the game is to get her back, basically. And then there's Zoe, who is (laughs) completely untrustworthy girl who you've just met on the phone this whole time. Who's probably leading you into her traps, but may not be, but probably. Yeah. So your choice is to, like, give it to the girl that you came for or this girl that you literally have known just over voice for five hours, right? (laughs) You have a choice of who you give the cure to because they're both infected. Sure. No matter who you give the cure to, the game basically funnels you into the same sequence of events. Yeah. So, uh. is that a choice? In my opinion, yeah, absolutely it's a choice. You as the player has a choice, just like you have a choice whether to avoid the monster or shoot the monster or to read the book that you picked up or ignore it. I think there's always choice there. I'm wondering, sure. in this scenario, where does the illusion fall? Why are players maybe dissatisfied or consider this choice less of a choice than others, I mm. wonder? 
Because usually it has to do with narrative. You know what I mean? Mm. Almost always comes down to narrative. Yeah, usually, like, they go... When people are talking about illusion of choice, they don't usually mean, you know, picking... You know, picking one outfit over another in Dead Rising. They don't mean that. It usually comes down to narrative. Yeah. So I wonder what it is. Maybe it, it comes down to... And tell me if I'm wrong here, guys. Maybe it comes down to players feeling like their choice is not having enough of an impact on the narrative. Well, I feel like choice, choices overall have become so important in gaming, I guess. I guess they've been kind of put on this narrative pedestal where it's like, the choice is yours and yours alone. You have to make this choice. Yeah. yeah. And <clears throat> quite frankly, choice stresses me out. Either, me too. I mean, don't get me wrong. I like simplistic choices of like mm -hmm. go left or go right. Yeah. But when it's like there are 12 different directions you can go into, choose wisely because choosing the one will make you have regret choosing the other 11. <laughs> yeah. Or, Fuck, what or, games are you playing? <laughs> well, Saw? Even, yeah. Um, <laughs> but even things like Skyrim, right? Okay. It's just there. there are the choice is you get to do whatever you want. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the inverse for me where I'm like, well, I also don't like that. Like, that's the one thing about Breath of the Wild that stresses me out is like, man, this is a big fucking place to explore. What you're talking about is freedom and a little bit of lack of direction. Yeah. yeah. Great. Yeah, I can understand those concepts. So I think, but I think they go like side by side, right? You have mm -hmm. games that are very much in the idea of um, you need to make a choice it's very important or there are no choices the choice is yours to do whatever you want um that's kind of like the the playing field if you will of choice making in games i mean mm -hmm. let's be honest here choices are what games are all about choices are what True. separate games from other media i mean you, you even get to a meta level when you say something along the lines of oh i chose this game to play sure <laughs> look at gerard look how smug he is look at smug ass gerard saying Zoom in on that. The choice begins. <laughs> Smug rard over there. But, like, honestly, that's what separates. That's the big separator of games with other media. Yeah. Is because it's interactive. Yeah. There was there was a uh, <clears throat> there was a film, a, a theater in, uh, I believe, Poland or Norway, where there's a horror film, right? But the horror film was dictated upon user engagement in the audience How? in real time How? by Ooh. apps on your phone uh. so they they filmed they filmed this, like it's this, a choose your own adventure movie right but it is a it is a the vote. audience the audience as a whole has to decide where they want the story to go that's so like you know the the character it would be like a girl right and she's running into a room and she's freaking out and she's screaming and she goes i don't know what to do and she's trying to like choose a weapon and and, and you were literally and describing until dawn yeah, and then and then people take out their phones and they go, "All right, audience at home or audience in the in the audience there, what should she use?" And she she'd pick it, and then the the film would automatically like take the data input and yeah. go, "Okay, the audience wants to see her use the axe." That's very and interesting. So she'd oh, use cool. the axe, and then the killer would come in and break the axe. That is until like, dawn. Oh my god. That is until um, dawn. Yeah, that's and awesome. it, that's that's to me that's an interesting way. Of bridging the gap between gaming and film. Yes. But, that is very avant-garde shit that you're talking about. But I could not do that 
for every film that I saw. That oh, would, of course that would not. drive me up the fucking wall. <laughs> no, 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 of course not. Uh interesting. <laughs> yeah. That is yeah, that's fascinating, and I would do that once, like you said. I don't know how often I would. Kind of like a dinner theater, right? You go to see it once and then kind of move on. <laughs> um, be a fun thing to look at, but I don't know if I could do it every day. Right. But I like I I like choices in games. Like that's honestly why I I play games. Um, but I'm still fascinated by this by this term illusion of choice. Maybe it's because I'm usually so detached from video game stories. You know what mm. I mean? Maybe you know because I usually don't care. Mm. Like, I'm like, I don't care what my choices have to do with this. Like, you know, like, you know, if you're playing, I played Mass Effect years ago. Like, you know, it's like, oh, your choices. Like, yeah, I don't care. Um, Your choices matter, dude. It's like, yeah, blah, blah, Make blah. Make your choices count. Like, I don't care. Like, if I don't right. care about the story, I don't care how my choices affect that story, to be completely honest. Maybe that's why I don't care. I mean, I'm, I'm with you. Mm-hmm. You have to have a reason to why you want to make the choices you want to make. And if there's no point to making them, then it's like, well, then... Who cares? Ted, do you have a game where you have you felt particularly like, oh man, like I like the the game is making me think I have a choice, but I really don't. I I guess I can't really come up with a great example right off the top of my head, but mm-hmm. um, whenever I I look this up online, like it'll it'll come up with the image graphic of like like the biggest companies in the center mm-hmm. and like how they branch out into different like smaller companies. Oh yeah, you're talking about the illusion of like like brand rivalry when really there's just one big parent umbrella company that owns them both. It's kind of like yeah. uh Backstreet Boys and NSync. Everyone thought there was a big rivalry between those two bands, but they were actually represented and owned by both the same label. Were they really? Oh my mm-hmm. gosh. Yeah. No I, kidding. Yeah, they both were represented by the same label and the same company, record company, but people thought that they were like had a rivalry, and so it didn't matter. The the, the record execs won in the end. It was like a stupid boy band civil war that went nowhere. <laughs> were they even really like beefing with each other? No, it was the fandom that was beefing. That's sure, sure, yeah, yeah. I'm sure if Bastry Boys and Insync were probably both like they're they're good guys. Yeah, <laughs> they're fine. Yeah, I think uh, recently at Comic-Con or something, there was a video of, like, members of both groups hanging out and chilling and, like, oh, sing- and singing each other's songs and just hanging at- out. Wait! There were what? Like, singing each other's songs. Just like- Okay, singing each other's songs. Yeah. I heard singing each other's songs. Like, they're sitting down at lunch, like, come here, <laughs> let me serenade you. Like, let me serenade you, man. Oh. <laughs> at Comic-Con. And then they- yeah. yeah. Get Bucky. your comics. Yeah, <laughs> get your comics at San Diego Comic. Okay, um, 2016. Uh, uh. <laughs> what were we fucking talking about? Choices. <laughs> so I think I think illusion of choice here is like, I guess you you think you're choosing a different company, mm-hmm. but you're choosing the same one in the end, mm-hmm. or in like the grand scheme. So, is that illusion of choice or is that uninformed consumer? Oh man, now we're getting into a, un, a territory that I want to fight. Yeah, like mm-hmm. wait, well, yeah, I want to battle people. Yeah, let's talk about it. Because you know what I read? I read this article about this quaint little uh, coffee like cafe mm. that opened up some city. You know who knows where? Opened up, people loved it. 
you but like you know it, it, the patronage were exactly what you would expect like a bunch of hipsters and shit sure uh turns out that that coffee bar owned by the same place that owns Starbucks so it's they like, went there sure. as like a man fuck Starbucks and it was like oh this is just owned and operated by Starbucks I'm sure <laughs> many of those patrons did yeah so once again is that illusion of choice I felt the same way about Chipotle and McDonald's. I think it is. Hit me. Wait, what about Chipotle and McDonald's? I don't like McDonald's at all. Like You don't like the food, you mean? I mean, I used to, right? But, like, I think it's just, it's, like, in my opinion, Chipotle is way better. Um, I mean, I feel like we got a kind of an apples and oranges thing here, or rather burgers and burritos, but. Sure, sure. <laughs> I mean, I tend to agree with you, yes. I feel like the quality of food per capita, yeah. Yeah, but it turns out that. McDonald's own, used to own like twenty percent of Chipotle or ten percent of Chipotle. So it was okay. Like, so what does that have to do with you preferring the food at Chipotle? Well, I guess I guess uh, if we're going to the hipster argument. Back when I was eighteen, nineteen, I was always like, "Whoa, was there a Chipotle around when we were eighteen, oh yeah, 19? Oh yeah, Chipotle's been around since I was in high school. I feel like I just became aware of them in the past seven years. No shit. Yeah, yeah. no, they've been around since uh, I was in high school. All right, my bad. Um, all right, all right. So back then, what did you used to do? But it just was like, people would be like, let's go to McDonald's. And it's like, ugh, why go to McDonald's and go to Chipotle? The quality is so much better. It's such better food. We should just go to fucking Chipotle. Fuck McDonald's. McDonald's sucks. Yeah, sure. And it's like, I hate McDonald's. McDonald's is a bad company. But it's like, Whoa, oh. whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> now we're talking about two different things. Right. And I'm not saying you're wrong about either. I'm well, saying. Mind you, this is also like, I was, this was 10 years all ago. All right, all right. Fair, like, fair, I was fair, young fair. didn't know anything. But I bet you there are people out there that think like this still. Absolutely. And to them, I would pose the question. What does them offering sub-quality food have to do with them being a bad company? Sure. You know what I mean? Um, Like, is it an illusion there? I don't know. I feel like if you're really trying not to give your dollar to a place. Like, let's say, for instance, oh, what was it? Oh, man, what was this? I think it was when that dude in the White House, when he tried to institute the bans, the bans on travel. Trump? Yeah, that motherfucker. Okay. So you remember you remember when like like the whole travel bans? Yeah. I'll call them what they are, the Muslim bans, right? Yeah. So and you remember how like all the people were like at the airport protesting? Yeah. You remember how I think it was Uber was the only like service staying up? Yeah, because they were uh yeah. And remember how people were giving them shit like how dare you like try and make a profit off of this situation? Mm. But in actuality, weren't they like legit trying to help, like trying to get help people get to and fro? Wasn't that the case? I don't know. It was something like that. But the the issue was that the Uber CEO was like not. He, uh, to my understanding, he made it seem like, yo, this is we could probably fill the gap here and take care of this instead of like. It was. It was I, all read about- the, I read the exact opposite. It wasn't like, and I, we could both totally be wrong, right? But I remember there was a big backlash against Uber. They were like, delete Uber. And then and then I'm like, this seems a little knee-jerky. And then Lyft came mm. in and was like, yo. <laughs> they did sneeze. Bless you. They were like, yo, <laughs> sneeze. sneeze. Um, we'll do this. We're, we're going we're gonna to do this, but also like we're going to donate the proceeds to, to charity, to the AS. C- uh, ACLU. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. I did hear that. So that way it was like, look, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're like, not only are we gonna show up and like do our thing, but we're also gonna like be helpful. I wish I could look it up right now because I remember the after there was the backlash of Uber, and then 
right after that, I feel like the CEO was like, no, y'all misunderstood. Like, like I was trying to help people get home. You know what I mean? Sure. But the damage had been done. People, people didn't care. Right. And that that's, I mean, and we're going a little bit more back towards game companies and reviews and stuff. Because, mm. like, that's that's been the topic of this week with, with ukulele and everything. Right, 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 right. But, um... So, like, once again, it begs the question, like, are these duplicitous business practices or are they uninformed consumers here, you know? I think it's a combination of both. Mm-hmm. I think I think it's an exaggeration of, of people, like... We're not trying to get political. Fake news, right? Or fake, or fake, uh, fake news. Yeah, or, fake news. Or, or, fake or, or just clickbait news. I'll say. Yeah, clickbait. Click, yeah, clickbait. Clickbait's where it's at. Right? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, I, I'll talk about this because I'm comfortable about it, and it's it's frustrating. Uh, not because I'm trying to throw any of my friends under buses, but it's oh, it shit. upsets me because of 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 the brand we built. So everyone knows. Uh, I'm friends with John Tron. He got into that big problem a couple weeks ago. Um, that's, that's just, I'm going to talk about it. But the thing that I will stress about it that upsets me the most out of all of this for me personally mm-hmm. is how all of the media companies reported on John and then they went ahead and threw all of our names and channels and, and kind of livelihood in the essence of normal boots, mm-hmm. um, in the fray of all of the consumption of the media to get them more clicks and views, yeah. but they didn't care about the ramifications because they didn't have enough information to care. So what they would do is they would say, JonTron's reach of his audience is 15 million users because you take into account my, all of TOBG, including this personal channel, uh, PBG, PBG Gameplay. Oh, they took into account took all that? All that stuff. Are as, you sure? Really? Absolutely. Yeah. How, well, how many subscribers does he have? John? On his He's got channel. three. Oh, three shit. So, so they, they just bumped it times they, five. They they well because they I think normal boots as a whole all of our personal channels and lots it's of about fifteen twelve to fifteen something in I'll be goddamned yeah and so and so they basically told the narrative that all of us are like outreaches of John, which like that's obviously not the case. John right. even said that wasn't the case. Like we're all just like doing our own thing, and we all represent our own things. But the problem that I had. Was I was getting harassment and and letters and tweets and what? people being like I'm unsubscribing to you yep. because no they because didn't did they really yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely you seen this Ted I've seen it yeah what, what tweets Facebook messages tweets yeah. like <laughs> like here's the thing here's the thing I want to uh, people don't know this yeah. I fucking read everything all you bitches at home say about Aww, me oh shit I read that shit. The difference is that I don't call you out on blast because you're a young kid who knows nothing about life and you're trying to fuck with me. Uninformed consumer. Absolutely. That's my point. Is that none of that is true. And I, I on Twitter, and email, I email these companies. I tweeted at them. Please fix what you're saying. It is not true. You are ruining my livelihood. You're, you're, you're harassing me and my, and, my, and my audience and my team and my company. And your actions have ramifications. And they're going to affect how I run my business and how I carry myself and carry my team. Please fix this. And you know what they did? Mm. Nothing. They did nothing. And they let it ride. And they let that mystery create the concoction. And I and it affected me. Now I'm what, gone. what sites are we? Well, I don't want you to like name names here, but like, are we talking like? It's it, the usual. Are, suspects. are we talking about journals? Journalists? Are we talking about quote unquote journalists? Uh, you're you're talking like regular game. Game journalism and journalism, journalism. Real journalism? Yeah, like time. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, time and and stuff like that. Yeah, that makes me sad mostly. Right. 
Well, and plus, and plus, I look like an idiot because I'm trying to be like, hey, I want to be supportive of, of my friends in my network. I don't believe in what John said. I believe that, like, it's very different from what I say. Mm. I'm not, like, supporting either side. I just want people to know that I have my own opinions and feelings on things, and they don't, and no one speaks on my behalf or has control of me or my team or my audience or my company, but the people who are here with us. And the yeah. fact that those companies used in it's extreme exaggeration on both sides which is the point of this conversation right you have the mainstream guys over here the media over here who's going hey 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 this is bad this is bad you know fuck everyone involved with this and then everyone over here who's either agreeing or disagreeing and in that facet it expands to both people going oh i don't support the police anymore because he's friends with john or people being good good job on gerard for not supporting john or something like that and that's where i'm going to leave it but the, the point is is that People did not do enough research. They just mm-hmm. took what they saw, ingested what they saw right away as immediate facts and truths and, yep. and that, and they let it go. And the people who all, who went further to find out more information, they're the ones that understand what's going on. But there are far fewer people out there who are willing to look into things like that mm-hmm. than yep. they are people who just want to know what's going on. Just yeah, you're talking about true. a lack of critical thinking. Absolutely. Which is scary as hell, man. Yeah. Name. So, I, but again, going back to choice, right? Like, I, I think it does kind of come back to choice. Yeah. Because it's it's almost the exact opposite. Like, the these articles created the illusion of choice when there actually is choice. Explain, right. explain, explain. Like, explain. separate choice. Explain, go ahead. So, the media created, like, all normal boots people are, like, votes or views for John. Ah, I see, I see, I see. Where they're actually, where it's just actually separate. Like almost all the channels are like yeah. independent. independent. Yeah. You know, everyone is. Everyone owns their own business, their own yeah. thing. We're all just friends. That's that's like where the ties lie. Yeah. Um But I, I think I think uh that's that's the more upsetting thing, right? Is we could just have that conversation. But the reality is, is that these companies need the views. They need the clicks. That's why I, That's I'm it. probably going to get people are going to roast me on this. That's actually why I really respect IGN because IGN, they don't really comment or speculate on things like this. Mm-hmm. If it's a massive like general media storm, they'll say something. But like they didn't like any time a YouTuber or a streamer or anyone gets in trouble in regards to it being a a fiasco or like a controversy mm-hmm. they sidestep it you know why because they're focusing on games they're focusing on like playing games and like the development cycle of the games and if the controversy goes there that's one thing that's called journalism that's like an mm-hmm. actual thing you investigate and you talk and you interview and you report um but when you kind of create speculation and you you like that's the th- the thing that always brings that brings me to resolutions about this kind of controversy stuff is the writers because at the end of every article they say so and so is a writer independent or contract or works for uh-huh. salary uh-huh. at the company and they link to their Twitter their Facebook their LinkedIn page all that stuff and I'll go to their Twitter and I'll read what they're saying and I see these people fighting commenters I Whoa. see these people standing their ground on their position. When so many of them are being assholes for one, but two, like, also, there's also people trying to be like, hey, what you're doing has ramifications to people's livelihoods. Yeah. 
And that's, at the end, it all comes down to choice. Mm-hmm. That comes with games. Mm-hmm. You have the choice, the opinion, to go out and read every single review of a game that's out there and then make an uninformed decision or an informed decision, depending on how you think you feel, and then take your money and decide to spend it or not. And that's what it comes down to because those reviews, those illusions of choices come down to numbers. It comes down to you need to make a decision of buying this game or not buying this game. But in doing so, imagine there's 20, 30, 40,000 people of you, the person, making the decision to not buy the game. Because what you end up doing is you're voting with your wallet and that depicts the future of that company. I'm not saying go buy every game out there, right? It's too expensive, but... Guys, go buy every game. But um, that's my point, is that if there's controversies, if there's things happening, and, like, you know, that's why I hate review stuff. How how could you make an assumption about a review because you read something that you didn't get to play the game? You saw someone else play the game. You you read something. That's why Let's Plays are better than reviews, in my opinion, because then you see someone react to it, and then you can make the decision on the fly. Oh, I don't like that. I don't like that. I do like that. Mm. Like, I didn't like Street Fighter V going into it. I saw Brett play it all the time, and I saw him here in the office, and we started the dojo, and I fell in love with Street Fighter V. I didn't know that. Why were you hating? Well, it's not that I hated it. It's that I just, I wasn't, it wasn't interesting to me. I had no desire to get into it. I Mm. didn't have the passion or anything because I didn't I didn't make a choice. I didn't have any idea. I just was like, looks good, looks bad. I don't care. I'm not going to put my time into it. But when you sat down and you were like, yo, you need to play Street Fighter Five with me, you gave me the option to to train with you or not to train. I chose to train and I fell in love with the game. Sure. That's a choice that I chose to make. Mm. And granted, we're, we're getting too meta right now. I know we're getting like, <laughs> far away, but <laughs> it's fine. But I think it all, it's all, it all correlates. It all, it's yeah. all, it all is very the same thing. And I think that, uh, just food for thought. Yeah, make 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 decisions you want to make, but also understand that like, if you're gonna make a decision, really make the decision as your own choice. Really think about the choices that you make, because you know, like that's that's huge. And and maybe the ramifications aren't aren't as black and white. Right. Or shouldn't necessarily Dude, my, impact, impact you as much. My most common phrase that I'll always say is life is never black and white. It's always about the gray. And how you determine how you handle it is up to you. But all you can do as a person is make the best decision that you can for yourself. And I think going and reading a Reddit post or looking at Twitter or, or looking at a review is not – it can give you information mm. – but until you experience it for yourself, you can't really make the decision. You can like infer stuff and you can acclimate all that stuff. But like I really think that if you just if you want to decide a game is good, you should go play the demo. You should go buy the game or go to a friend who owns the game and really play for it for yourself before you decide. Yeah. Because Yeah, I saw a couple of the comments for the last podcast, like, hey man, <clears throat> I have to rely on games because, like, I don't have money to go out and buy every right. Game. And I and totally like, understand that's that. a good point. But also, like, I feel like that's the other end of the extreme spectrum. Uh, uh, yeah, no one's like asking I, you to buy every game. Like I said, I'm not saying go out and buy every game that you can. Yeah, it, I mean, ultimately, when it comes to reviews, to dabble back in what we were talking about last week, I think it comes down to using your common sense using empirical evidence and your previous experiences. No one's asking anybody to go out and buy every game. No one expects that. Right. But I, just because 
Just because you're not relying on reviews doesn't mean that you have no information to go off of. Like right. Gerard mm. said, you have people you can talk to whose opinion you do trust. I'm not talking about reviewers. I'm talking about friends. Yeah. Um, you have the internet. You have YouTube. Like, you can actually go and take a look at the game. You can try out a demo. It's true. Or you can use, like I said, previous experiences. So, for example, if you ate up Dark Souls 1 and 2... And you're like, Bloodborne, I don't know. It's like, you're probably going to love it. You know yeah. what I mean? If you really like Dark Souls 1 and 2, you're probably going to love Bloodborne. And that's just called, you know, using common sense. That's called using empirical evidence. Sure. And I think a lot of that has to go with living without game reviews as well. I haven't read a game <laughs> review in ages. And granted, I have some disposable income. Not a lot. Right. But I have some. And I've made choices. It's the same way that I feel about movies. And forgive me if I talked about this previously. I don't see a lot of movies. I've been seeing a lot more recently. I don't know why. I think it's because I get invited. Friends invite me. I feel like the reason why I became a movie buff was because of midnight showings to my friends and right. high school and college. Was right. just, it's a social thing to like go to the movie before anyone else ruins it for you and then experience it with, with a group of friends. <laughs> right. And like I don't do the midnight thing anymore, but... I feel like the reason I've been seeing so many movies lately is because of, like, I get invited. Like, you want to go see this? I'm like, yeah, sure, why not? Yeah. If that weren't the case, however, I wouldn't see many movies at all. I'm right there with you, yeah. Um, Not to say that I don't like movies. I do. I like good movies. Uh, <laughs> but the fact of the matter is, I uh, you don't really know what you're going to get until you're sitting there in the theater and actually watching it. Yeah. And movies are expensive as hell. Mm-hmm. And I think even more importantly, I like to support the movies that I like to see more of. Yeah. Uh, you know, voting with your wallet, like you said. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's that, a and, big one. And that's, I think there's a space, there's plenty of space for good films, for bad films, for good games, for bad games. At the end of the day, we have to just kind of tell ourselves that we live in a really, I don't want to use the word blessed, but like incredible era of technology where entertainment is Oh. Is, is rapid. No, yeah, we're privileged as hell. We're very privileged. We're yeah. very privileged being fucking like, go look at the graphics on all these new games. And look at the and look at the graphics on all the retro games that are new that are coming out. Like, we live in a time where yeah. people are appreciating classic games as new and the newer stuff as even newer stuff. Like, we're in that moment where entertainment has evolved beyond our means of consumption. There's too many games. There's too many movies. There's too many comic books. There's too many podcasts. There's too yeah, many Yeah, things. they call that the what, an embarrassment of riches, an right. embarrassment of choices, if you yeah. will. Right. And that's that's a great place to end our conversation on that because, like, there's so many choices so many out choices. there. All you can do at home is make the choice that you think is best. Well, like, for instance, you should subscribe to Couch Fighters. That's a great choice to make. That's a, that's a plug! That's, that's a, a great choice. choice to make because you <laughs> get to you, learn Jordan. everything about fighting games and you get to hear this man laugh his ass off the entire time and it's kick true. ass. It's pretty funny. It's great. It's, it's incredible. I get to laugh at that's Santel. a great it's choice great. you should make. Thank you, Gerard, for that choice. plug. Yeah, it's a good it's a good choice. This has been <laughs> obvious plug. But that's and it's time for the comment store. It's time for more Kermits? Kermits, yeah, we always do we always do Kermits. Wow, thanks, Ted, for that subject of choice. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry I didn't have great examples of it right That's okay. off the bat. That's all right. No, it's fine, dude. What are you talking about? We're in the we're in the zone. I do appreciate your hat today though. Thank you. I I found it on in Arizona. What do you mean you found it? On a on a shelf in oh, a shop. So you bought it. And then I bought it. Thank you for using the correct verb. <laughs> Here we go. Well, I found it and then I bought it. Yeah, I know. I realize that. I realize that. <laughs> You have a comment for us? Yes, sir. This one is from uh, Josh. 
Hello, Josh. No hey, subject. Josh. He wrote no subject as the title. Oh, shit. Oh. Dear Gerard, Brett, and Ted. Hashtag love Ted. Ooh. Uh, I've been watching the completion ever since around episode 100. And I'd like to thank you guys for all the smiles and laughs you brought me throughout the years. The FNAF episode 3, or FNAF 3 episode actually got me into Nate once the battle. Love that guy. Before I go on uh, ranting about how much I enjoy the people at the office, I got a question. What is the game you regret buying? Back in the day, my mom got me a neat little game called Cartoon Network Punch Time Explosion. Think Smash Bros. with the Cartoon Network characters. Oh, no. I recently bought, rebought it and started noticing the differences and problems with it. I won't go into detail, but I got bummed that I somehow ended up spending $20 on something I ended up regretting. Looking forward to your answers, Josh. I remember, I don't know if I bought it or if I asked somebody to buy it. But I still regretted it either way. I remember when I first got the GameCube, it was like my first Nintendo console in a generation. Yeah. Maybe even two. It was. I never had a Super Nintendo. I never had an N64. So this was like, yo, I, I haven't had a Nintendo system in a while. Let me go ahead and like kind of catch up on the franchises that I missed out on for so many years. Yeah. I got Super Smash Bros. Melee. <laughs> Incredible. I got... Re- the reason, real reason I got the GameCube, Resident, Resident Evil 4. remake. No, Resident Evil oh, remake. Oh, the remake. Yeah, yeah I was like, I have to have it. Yeah, there were certain <laughs> like games. There were certain titles that I bought systems for. I was that kid. Yeah. The reason I bought a Sega Saturn was for Ultimate Mortal Kombat Three. Don't judge me. No. Uh, <laughs> it happened, and, then, and I believe the reason I bought the GameCube was for Resident Evil remake. No regrets there. Uh, yeah. However. One of the games that I also got, I think it was like Metroid Prime. I bought a cube for RE4. That was kind of late to the game, though, wasn't it? Right. So uh, I didn't have a job in high school till late till mid high school. So I, I, feel you, I, I feel you. all my friends had games. I go over and play their games until I was like, I'm gonna buy this. Metroid Prime was another one that I got very early, like like maybe as soon as I got the system. Yeah. That was one that I played. Didn't like it. Came back. It's brilliant. Still one of my favorite games of all time. Yeah. Then there's this game that I bought. Very early, maybe even same day as console, and I'm like, yeah, I'll play this. It was Star Fox Adventures. Ooh, okay. I tried it. I hated it. Yeah. <laughs> to this day, I can't tell you what anything past the first, like, little area looks like. I liked it because it was different, but it definitely wasn't Star Fox, and that's where I kind of got a little upset by it. Yeah. And I thought I would like that it wasn't Star Fox, because dogfighting to me isn't that interesting. You know? Yeah. But, like... Dinosaur fighting, <laughs> like that seems cool. But even then, I'm like, uh, I'm okay. <laughs> I think the I, the I, the I mean, Star Fox Adventures was like supposed to be a different game, and they just combined Star Fox assets in, into the universe of it. That's right. Yeah, so it kind of ended up not being what they thought it was going to be. But well, it wasn't what I thought it was going to be either, and I regretted the fuck out of it. <laughs> I think uh, in college there were I bought a bunch of games that I really regretted. Things like. Uh, when I had a lot of disposable income, because uh, I had several jobs, but I was like, I was really getting back into gaming during college. Um, there was like six or seven games back uh, that got released, and IGN gave them perfect scores. And I was, what? And this is where I was like, yo, I'm going to listen to IGN all the time, because I was young. Yeah. Um, out of those games that I bought, it was Borderlands, Brutal Legend. Brutal Legend got a perfect score? It got like a 9 or a 9.5, something like that. Um, Dragon Age. Yeah. Dragon Age uh, Origins, I think it was. All right. That was a game I regretted buying. Mm. I I did not like it at all. I 
that and and one of the Fable games. I bought both of those yeah. based on the recommendations of IGN's Perfect Scoring, and I just I was like, but see the thing is that I bought them with the intention of all oh, these games are good because the scores are good, not because they're my kind of games. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so I bought them thinking, what the fuck is this game I'm playing? When really. I shouldn't have bought them at all. I should that have right m- there is a lack of critical thinking. Absolutely. But at the same time, I bought Borderlands based on the recommendation, and I loved Borderlands. Hey, man. It was totally... Dis- Even a broken I- clock is right twice a day, you know? Right, exactly. <laughs> that's a fucking great goddamn phrase. I love yeah, that's that not phrase. me, though. I'm not taking it. I'm uh, not we're taking, taking it. it. No, I, I didn't... Us now. We're taking it now. It's, it's, it's <laughs> TOVG podcast time now. All right. Who, who I, who's, is Jody? Who's the girl that took your Dreamcast? Tanya, Tony. Tony, fuck you, Tony. Fuck Tony. The clock made me broke twice today, but you're also broke. So we're coming for you. You know what would make it all worth broke it? Huh? Is if like <laughs> we're if we're lucky broke enough ass. to keep doing this for years and years, right? And we're like the old men on the internet still playing video games and shit. Yeah. I would want Tony. I would love if Tony had like a kid, like a little boy or girl who grows up loving TOVG. <laughs> and, then, and then one day Tony is like watching. Her little boy or girl like watch us on YouTube and go. I think I know that fat guy. <laughs> <laughs> that would make Wait, me very happy. Which one, mommy? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Ted, what do you regret? Uh, Nintendogs. I bought Nintendogs, thinking it would be kind of like Tamagotchi, which is a game I loved. And Nintendo Dogs was not great. How old are you? Uh, seventeen, eighteen. Yeah, I think so. Maybe for the six. Uh, what was that for? The three DS or the DS? DS. And I would like I had I know I remember I had a female husky. I remember that. Those games are hard to find nowadays. Are they really? They, made, they made so many of them that people are like fiends <laughs> for getting the ones that are specific to the breeds they wanted. Yeah, how does that game work? Like. When you turn Nintendo dogs on, how do you choose? I thought I assume you could just choose whatever dog you want. Yeah, I don't. I think you had like it's a select. Like, it's kind of like number. Pokemon, it's kind of like Pokemon, where it's like it's got some but not all. And you had to like you had to like train them in like s- tricks and stuff, but then you could also like train them for like tournaments, like like like, like doggy tourna- shows. Yeah, like okay. dog shows, and yeah. I was like. Oh, this is kind of like work. Yeah. <laughs> it just wasn't really a game to me after Oof. a while, and I totally regret it. Oh. Yeah. Hey so man, you're the one. When you're young. <laughs> but that's what I'm getting at, man. When, you, when you're young and you've got disposable income, the boxes and those box arts, they're designed to get you. And it's like yeah. buying a game when you, like, in hopes of you wanting it to be a different game. Right. Or like. You want it to be a certain game that it's just not. Yeah. I think it's something there. How's it good, Kermit? Thank you. Was it Joshua? Thanks, Josh. Yeah. Thanks, Josh. This one's from Jacob. Hello, Jacob. Video Hello, games Jay. and their original consoles. Hello, Gerard, Brett, and Ted. I'm a huge fan of all the passionate content you guys put out and watch as much as I can in my free time. Yay. Your guys' love for video games and general advo- uh, adv- advocacy makes me appreciate all the hard work you put in. My question is derived from something that I'm very stern about. Mm. Recently, I picked up a Dreamcast, and I'm looking into buying most of the Capcom fighting games that came out in those days. Oh, shit! Get hype! Specifically, Third Strike and Marvel's Capcom games. Best of the best. These can be a little pricey for me, and I have the option to buy them digitally. However, 
I personally hate downloading games unless it's an indie title because to me it doesn't feel quite right. A physical copy of a game to me is always more enjoyable since I prefer looking at all of the box art and reading through the manuals. Yeah. Mm. Even so, playing these older games on a CRT looks nostalgic of my childhood and makes me feel like I get the complete experience as intended. Oof. What is your guys' opinion on playing games in the original systems and do you really care about physical copies? Thanks a bunch for reading this Kermit and th- and keep being hashtag type boys. Love Jacob. Sent for my iPhone. Oh. Thanks, Jacob. Who wants to go first? Ted. Okay. I I go back and forth. Uh-huh. For for the games I grew up with, I'm so grateful to have the hard copies. And nowadays I for I still get games on hard copy, but mm-hmm. like really like games that I really, really like. But if I if I'm like if I want a game, but I don't necessarily need the hard copy of it, I'm so glad to have it digitally. Yeah. Because I know I can't lose it, and yeah. I'll have it wherever I go, or wherever my systems go. Um. So. So I I guess I guess my answer is I buy hard copies very sparingly mm-hmm. lately. Sure. Okay. And more digital copies also because I like it saves physical space. Yep. Good call. As someone who likes both aspects of digital and physical, um, I try my best to buy physical collector's editions of games because I feel like I, okay, as a guy who worked in retail for games for a long time, I have an anxiety fear about not having something because it's going away. Like, that actually is the reason why I started collecting, was because I was like, I every day I was selling games, I was like, that collector's edition is going to not be here tomorrow. I should buy it because I want to give it a good home. And, like, that's how it started. I bought so many collectors of games. That is a compulsion. It is. But I have learned how to handle it better, mm. and I only buy collectors for games I actually care about. Mm. Um, but more importantly... Um, I like the fact that I'm supporting these companies. It feels good to spend money where I know it's going in good hands. Um, I own every on every device that I can. I own a physical and digital version of Shovel Knight uh-huh. because one, I know those does very well. I know Sean and 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 Waz and and David and all those guys and uh, and Ian and two and Jake and two. <laughs> I love that game. <clears throat> I love that game so much. It makes me happy. I think about it twice a day. No joke. <laughs> I, it's so it's so incredible. And three, I know that my money is going to a good place. I know those sure. guys have worked so hard on that game. And it is. I'm so happy that it's like paved the way for them and their successes. And so it feels good knowing that even though I'm spending, I'm wasting money. I feel like I'm not wasting money because it's going to a good place. It's making it's making them happy and, and it's it's providing them a future to make Shovel Knight two or Shovel Knight sixty four or whatever they're gonna be coming up with next. And you're um, like voting. With your, voting yep. with my wallet. Yeah. Voting with your Absolutely. wallet Absolutely. over and over again. And again, I'm I'm a crazy person where I like my my personal expenses are low. I don't I don't really have that many personal expenses except for like taking my girlfriend out to dinner and things like that. And so um 
I'm happy to, to personally spend that money because I know that I'm supporting people I believe in. And it's the same thing with artists. I'll, I'll buy digital and physical music that I love because I know sure. that's going to support that, that, that group of people or people. Interesting. But I'm just crazy like that. Brett, what do you think? Yeah, I'm the exact opposite of Jacob here because like, I just don't care. Uh, like I, I, I'm drinking the Kool-Aid of digital at this point. <laughs> box art is nice, but you know, I got Google images. <laughs> Manuals are very tight, but yeah. as we all know, those have been diminished into little slips of nothing. Yo, Binding of Isaac yeah. Afterbirth for Switch comes with a Zelda one type manual and it is sick. That's what I'm talking. I missed that shit. Yeah. And I was that kid who would like, yo, I got to take a boom, boom. Which game manual am I going to peruse through today? <laughs> Which giant ass Sega Saturn manual am I going to look through? I used through? to write in them. In the oh, no- so you in were the, the one that used the note sections. I was that person. Ah. I actually wrote them down. It was where I, cause I didn't like, th- I didn't like paper throwing things away. Yeah, so no, I that's felt, smart. I mm. felt like I could write in it and then like close it and put it back with the game. So in the future, if I play it again, I can go back and look at it. That's exactly what they're for. Yeah, and unfortunately, I threw most of those away because I was a dumb kid. Sure, but um, but yeah, I don't. I manuals I don't care about because they're terrible now, and just the utter convenience of having your shit digital. I am drinking the Kool Aid. That's all there is to it. There's nothing wrong with you, Jacob. There's nothing wrong with having feeling better about a a physical copy. Not at all. Absolutely. Uh, Just you know, not for me. You know, that was a good Kermit. Thank you, Jacob. Thanks, Jacob. Thanks, this Jacob. one comes from Aaron. Aaron with an E or Aaron with an a, two A's? Uh, two A's. What up, Aaron? A- Aaron. The, uh, Aaron. The subject is sitcomet. Like sitcom, sitcomet. Oh, fuck. Yeah, yeah, great. Hey, Gerard, Brett, and Ted. Just want to start by saying I'm a huge fan of the TOVG Galaxy podcast. Been listening since episode one. It's always amazing. I had I had this thought after watching the latest episode of the completion. Oh, latest episode with Gerard and Brett reacting to Ted's date story. Uh. I think it's quite funny to have an Inside Out-esque short with Ted as the person and Gerard and Brett as the characters inside his head watching and (laughs) reacting to all of the awkward situations that Ted finds himself in. Yeah. Now for a question. If you guys... Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. I got to react to that. Okay. Like, that is funny as hell. Because it totally would be Ted like walking around like, okay. Like just responding. Okay. But I don't know. I don't know I what emotions like, that we would represent. I, I feel like Brett and I would fight all the time inside of Ted's head, just because <laughs> mm-hmm. we have such different emotions. But then, like, we always end up coming. We always end up agreeing on on the one thing, and that's what makes Ted just say okay all the time. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what emotion I would represent in Ted, though. I guess if I had to put a name on it, it would be like, um, fuck it. Like it'd be the. <laughs> It'd be the fucking fuck emotion. The fucking emotion. Yeah, it'd be like just, just fucking do that shit. You know. And be I'd be emotion. like, wait, Ted, wait, hold on, we need to think about this. This is a very important decision you have to decide how you're going to hold the peanut butter cup in your hand to give to her or not give to her, man. Just kiss her. No, don't. Go! Don't. Wait. All right. What happens if we kiss her? Let's talk about it. All right. Well, she might do this. Meanwhile, Ted's like, mm-hmm. okay. <laughs> And that's Brett and I go. That's Brett and I at the same time hit the big green button. Go, kiss her. Yeah, I'd watch that. Sorry. All right. What's the rest of the Kermit? Now for a question: If you guys and the rest of the crew at TOVG Towers were in a sitcom, what sort of stereotypical sitcom roles would you would you want everyone to play? Oh. Love everything you guys put out. Keep up the amazing work. Love. Oh, later, man, Aaron. Okay, so there's a lot of people who work here at TOVG. Yeah. I suppose the show. I don't know what 
Okay, it would probably be an office comedy, right? Yeah. It would be an office comedy that would center around Gerard and Alex, probably. Uh, as, like, your, like, odd couple type thing, like, their partner together to do shit. Like, I'd be Michael Scott kind of thing, and he'd be my Dwight? No. I think more like... Like Parks and Rec, maybe? I don't know. I never saw that. Oh. Uh, I'm trying to think of a good example. Think more... No, no, no. Like, see, you guys are going... You guys are going, like, more modern sitcom, which I would count as sitcoms. Sure, sure. I'm talking three-camera setup, laugh track sitcom. Oh, shit, okay. Uh, Two and a half men... Earlier, fresh, fresh, earlier, fresh, fresh, earlier. Isabella, sure, sure, sure. Golden Girls. Yes, Free. now we're talking. Boom, ding, ding, ding. Okay. So, uh, uh, yeah, it would probably be like the two of you as like bo- like bosom buddies. Uh, <laughs> the Beard Bros. Yeah, it'd be the Beard Bros. And bosom bros. I suppose the supporting cast would be Patrick as like the Patrick as like the humorless <laughs> editor who's just always there. He's just always like, eh. Like I'm just here. I never leave. Patrick never leaves the office. Uh, but he got home. T- when was the last time he went home, Pat? Three years ago. <laughs> right. Oh. Ted get- as the uh, Ted as the office dog. Knuckle. <laughs> the office. Ted is the Ted. knuckle. It's just it's just exaggerations of what we do here. It's just exaggerations just of what we do. Hoping I get fed. <laughs> I think the best character of the show would be Bradley, though. Oh my God, Bradley yes, would be the best character. He would steal the show. <laughs> Hundred percent. Bradley has the like a <laughs> very sweet, very naive uh office intern. Like really, go getter. I really yeah. want I really want like an episode where like we tell Bradley to go get us food and then he goes on a massive adventure where he like gets on like a in like a drug heist on yes. accident and was like, I just went to go get burgers and just like Well they need the burgers. Yeah. <laughs> I went Gerard didn't give me money to go get the burgers, so I'll so? just I'll just go rob a bank with these cool guys because I think that's That'll make everyone happy, right? It's like a chain of events building of like <laughs> yeah. favors for people so he can get to his first okay. goal. Oh, at, the, but at the end, though, the end of the season, the end of the series would be Bradley runs a drug cartel, but like very naively. <laughs> like, yeah. oh yeah, I have I have a drug cartel now. He cool. accidentally is like the new kingpin of Los Angeles. <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to do a little drop off for a friend. No problem. Just quick. Shipment stay, stay in the car with my semi truck. <laughs> oh man, that's too funny. Thank you for that idea, Aaron. That was great. <laughs> uh, this one's from Joshua. Comments. Another Joshua? Yeah, Gerard oh, and friends. What are you guys looking forward to from E3? Thanks, Josh. Oh well, nothing. I don't even know what's coming out. Unfortunately, everything I've wanted to has come out this year, so I'm kind of like I'm happy. Yeah. Yeah. What? 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 I think I'm what's the same. Even supposed to be at E3. What? What? What's supposed to happen? Does anybody know? Any big announcements? Of what, I, Any Kingdom Hearts announcements? Oh, maybe. maybe. Yeah. I just started replaying that a little bit. Did you finally buy one of those we were talking about? Yeah, I bought one. Nice. It's Kingdom Hearts. Like, I'd forgotten. Just the original? Na, 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 na. Yeah. Na, na, oh, No, it's na, the one na, that comes na, with, like, a bunch of games. 1.5 and 2.5. That's the one. Okay. For PS4. It looks great. Yeah, it does. But man, some of those fucking levels are awful. Yeah. Like hard? Nope. Just, Just really po- poorly made. Oh, uh, sure. Like, they don't tell you where mm-hmm. to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't need my handheld, but at least, like, let me know I'm on the right track, you know? Sure. <sighs> All right. 
Uh, here we go. This is Comet Storm or Kermit Storm? Question mark. Mm-hmm. Hello, Gerard, Brett, and Ted. Here will be some kind words. The comment will be down a bit. Kind words. I've been watching the TFG podcast since episode one. I've loved every single episode. The latest episode of, of at the time of me typing this episode, 17, I laughed out loud the entire time. Yay! I thought I wouldn't like the show when Al left, but Ted has made it so much better for me. Thank you, Ted. <laughs> comment. Thank After you. hearing your first date stories, I started wondering... Has anything embarrassing happened to you guys in the office? Thank you for the time to read this, Connor. Ooh. You got juicy shit? I got Ooh. one on, I got one on Ted that I will Oh I no! You're gonna blow him up? It's not it's not a big one. Oh no! Okay, it might be a big one. It might be a big one. Is oh. this embarrassing for you or me? For you. Oh no! You're, he's supposed to <laughs> do on, his own! Hold on. I, I have to share this story because it perfectly resembles not only Ted's relationship on this podcast, but Ted in the office. So picture frames are something that we are constantly buying here in the office. We're constantly getting art from great artists and putting them up. And I know what it is. Ted, Ted is our office manager in a way, and he's always buying things and putting things away. And Ted bought a $7 frame off of like, Amazon or like a, a website that had, it was like a framing service, right? Mm-hmm. It was perfect size. Perfect size, exactly the size he looked up. Seven dollars. It was too good to be true. It was too good to be true because when he received it, it was a picture <laughs> of a picture frame that said the word YOLO in all caps on it. Wow. Ted thought that the picture that said YOLO was just the temp holder for it, but really. Ted bought a picture of a picture frame that had the word YOLO in the center. Why have I never heard of this? It is downstairs in his office. Can we get a picture of it on screen, Brad? Bradley, show it. It's it's fucking right next to Ted's desk. I told Ted he can keep it and put it up as a reminder of how much you love him. I never knew this! Why have you never told me this? Why have I not known this? I'll never forget. Like, Gerard, how much did you pay for this? And I was like, you paid for it. <laughs> and Gerard was like, how much did I pay for yeah. it? I was like, oh, $7. $7. Like, oh, okay. For like a piece yeah. of printer paper? And he was, <laughs> Gerard was like, all right, Ted, you keep that. Yeah. You keep that. That is the yours. right choice. It's yours, Ted. You have to put it up in the office. And I was like, okay. Oh, my God. That is too good. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> well, I'm not being that. Fuck. <laughs> We have too many good stories about people who used to work here that we can't. We don't. We want to embarrass them, like with yeah. All the embarrassing stuff, stuff is people who don't work here. Anymore. Yeah, <laughs> Santel. We we don't want to like put them on blast or anything. Sure. Yeah, I I wish I had an embarrassing story to tell. I just don't do enough. Like I don't leave my office enough to have anything embarrassing happening. I think my favorite office story that's been hap- that happened so far that involves the overall office was I had Norm visiting from out of town a couple of months ago, or way back in in last year, and. Uh, Sam Strippen locked himself out of his office and he was streaming and he left his his chair alone and so there were he got he got on the front page of Twitch 12,000 people were were donating and wa- and donating and subscribing and supporting him because he just had a fucking chair that's awesome that was sitting there and he was locked out of his office and live tweeting everything and we're, we were on the outside trying to figure out the best way to open it. We couldn't get inside, so we had to call Octopim to come down and open the office for us because he was the only one that had the key. Oh, man. But everyone was gone, and it was fucking incredible. That's wonderful. It's great. <laughs> like, we tried, like, Sam, 
myself and I or Sam and I tried to like lift Dodger through the ceiling to go over it because these panels are fake. And so no, we, you didn't. We tried to lift From her here, up. in here? Yeah, we tried to like oh put her over the God. door and then like but like the panels themselves would break as she was pushing them because they were too old and so oh, no. that's why there's a crack in one of them on the in the hallway. Like I didn't know that. It's cause we tried doing it, we couldn't do you it. You tried to push the Dodger through the ceiling? We tried to push her over and then like try and like there was a desk on the other side so she could like kind of like put her feet on it and like get down safely. But we couldn't get her to the other side because oh the frames God. were too fucked up. Oh it's a great great time. That's, That's a good one. That's yeah. awesome. One more Kermit? One more Kermit. One more? Yeah, we can do one more Kermit. Two more? You just like these. Three more? Seven. Guys. Okay, 20. <laughs> 90 more Kermit. <laughs> this one is from Hugo. Kermit. Thank you, Kermit. Ah, what up, Hugo? Hey, guys. Today hey, I started kind of shooting with my alarm not going off at the right time, making me miss my first class and almost my second one, Oof. as well as I started arguing with my sister as soon as I woke up. Nothing uh. much. It's normal sibling stuff, but it still made me even grumpier. I hardly have time to take the dog on a proper walk, which makes me feel bad. I don't even remember if I had breakfast or not. And one of my earbuds stopped working. But without remaining, I plopped on your Kermit cast and went to uni. University. Yeah. And holy poop, I was laughing out the whole way. I couldn't stay grumpy even if I wanted to. So thank you guys. I love you all and would love to go on a first date with you guys regardless (laughs) of your sexual orientation. Right. P.S. Hey, Brett. Yeah, what up, Hugo? Kissy, kissy, kissy emojis. Yeah. Hugo's a kissy guy. Thank you, Hugo. Kissy boy. That Kermit was just about kissing. That was all about sugar. The story that Hugo weaved, not to be confused with Hugo weaving. Nice, Uh, nice, nice. The the story that he weaved was very funny. So here we go. Uh, Alex Breen. What up, Alex Breen? Finding your own comment. Hey, Gerard, Brett, Ted, and Al. Always in our hearts. Yes. First Aww, off, wanted nice. to say I love you all, the stuff you guys do, and how genuine your content is. So my comment, how did you guys go about deciding what you wanted to pursue in your field? Gerard, I know from previous stories that you have a background in acting and in theater, uh, which I do myself. Mm. However, I am currently in a lull of not knowing exactly what I want to pursue in the entertainment industry. So with all the choices out there, choices, how did you guys come to do what you do now? Anyways, mm. thank you for all of what you do. Much love, Alex. That's a good cursion. That's a good cursion. I think we all have very Cur- similar backgrounds on this couch. Because yeah. we were all theater kids at one point, right? Absolutely. Yep. But I never felt like a theater kid. Did you? Nope. You never did? I was the worst one. I didn't study Shakespeare. I didn't go to class on time. I was the worst theater kid out there. I yeah. would say that I was not a theater kid, but I was a guy who did theater. That's exactly what I was. Mm-hmm. Ted, you I were was a theater a, kid? I was a terrible theater kid in high school. Like, I never really fully committed. Right. Yeah. And the same I got thing for me. Punished accordingly. Ooh. Yeah. But in college, I felt more like a theater kid. Were you a theater kid in college? I, yes, I, I would see. say so. I see. Yeah, because I never was about that life. Like, all these kids fucking, like, singing and quoting, like, all these Broadway shows, and I'd be sitting there in the back, like, y'all got some hot Cheetos? I'm looking for it. <laughs> because honestly, the only reason I started doing theater was the ladies, because I went to an all dudes high school. Yeah, yeah. And I remember they gave me the fucking bullshit. And please excuse me if I told this story before, but like the first day of class, freshman year, that freshman orientation, and the 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 fucking principal came out. I was like, "You guys are the best of the best of the best," and you're blah blah blah. And people are like, like questions like, "Don't worry, there's females on the campus every day after school for extracurricular activities." We're like, "Fucking fantastic! Can't wait." That was the <laughs> biggest goddamn lie. <laughs> Sure, there were some females, but like it was mostly like moms picking up their kids 
and like sisters who are there for five minutes to help pick up their brothers. But <laughs> the one time you can consistently like get females on campus after school were like theater and choir. And uh, that's how I got started. I'm like, yo, theater. All right, I'll give it a shot. Um, so and like that was in junior year though. Like it took a while, you know. Mm. So, oh man. So I only did it junior and senior year. Like, yo, I'm gonna start messing with these females, you know. Uh, <laughs> so I was never like I felt like an outsider the whole time, but I didn't care, man. I was there for the ladies. And as far as like you know career goes, like I never like I I still don't think what I do here is a career. I don't think of it as a career, which might be a problem, but might not either. Because like you know I do it and it's fun and I'm privileged. And, it's, and I have a good time and I'm thankful, but it's certainly not my dream. Like, I want to write for a living, like write like, you know, like pieces of like art and shit. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, comic books, maybe a movie, you know, who knows? But, uh, but, but it's a beginning step, though, right? It's like it's like a platform ability. Like, imagine if one day mm-hmm. Couch Fighters gets big enough where you're like, I'm going to make a Street Fighter movie again. And mm-hmm. your audience is like, here you go, Brett. Here's the here's the support you need. Oh, man. Wouldn't that be crazy? It, that that's how I ended up here, man. Mm. I was the same thing. I wanted to write, direct, and act in films, and I wasn't going to do that the traditional way. Mm. I just knew it wasn't going to happen. And here we are, TOVG, and we're we're now like getting to that point where one day it's a real thing that's going to happen. You know, Big Bad Bosses was a dumb dream I had, and it actually happened. That's true. Yeah, yeah. You know, what about you, Ted? How the hell did you end up here? Oh, I thought i was like i think since like middle school or grade school i was like i'm gonna be a movie actor really and then, and then i was on that train until like a couple a couple of years ago really i was like this is not what i want it to be because like i would always be reassured when i was watching a movie that i was like this is so awesome like mm. just the feeling and experience of this but that will never be the other side of the camera. Mm-hmm. So I think that was a big letdown for me. And But I super love what I'm doing right now. So like college didn't really... I mean, it set me up for that, but it didn't really set me up for knowing what I was going to be doing. Mm. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, we all... I, f- I fell into this shit. I don't remember how I got here. I think you just called me one time. You were like, yo... Like, I need someone to help write on the show. You want to give it a shot? I'm like, yeah, motherfucker, I ain't got nothing else to do, you know? You did a great job. Bioshock is still one of my favorite episodes. Oh, thank you. Was that the first? That was the first one. I could have sworn I did a... Uh, uh... Bioshock was the first one I, like, I contracted you to do. I thought it was Black Mesa. That was the one after. You... Oh, you might be right. Yeah. yeah. Um. But yeah, that's how it happened. One of my, one of my very first... I'll never forget this. Um... In grade school, I got into acting because I was the president of my student council body thing. You I was, were? Yeah. You were I, student body president? In eighth grade, yeah. Um, <laughs> All right. Uh, you know why? I only – this is Gerard exposed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Get ready. Uh, truth come out. Truth comes out. Um, I didn't want to be president. I needed something to build my resume for high school and college. Oh. And so at 14, I – 14 with a full beard, I was like, I don't want to do any, like, I don't know what to do. I'm not a leader. I don't really have any leadership qualities. And so my sister was like, just like, tell a good speech. And I was like, I can't write. And she's like, don't worry, I'll write your speech for you. 
Oh shit. So she wrote Truth Come Out. So she wrote my speech for me and my speech was a rap. And nice. I and I walked up and I was like I didn't read it before. I like forgot I didn't read it. I was too nervous. You didn't read it the was rap. My, it was my first time ever Oh my speaking, god. Like oh speaking. Like public speaking. It was my first time ever public speaking. You fool. It was me in front of 500 kids who had no idea who I was. And I was the last one to give my speech. Oh, man. And I walk up, and I'm sitting there, and I, like, just took a breath, and I opened my eyes, and I read the speech perfectly. I just was like, I don't remember anymore, but it was like, yo, what's up? My name's Gerard. I work really hard. Like, I got really into I, it. I work really yeah, hard. Yeah, like, a vote for me means ice cream for free. Like, crazy look at these lies yeah all of them lie <laughs> hey hold on no that's not true i got free ice cream on tuesdays for a month i was my goal all right i i i'm free to i i raised enough money to provide free ice cream for the school it was awesome nice um but anyways uh i won based on that speech and uh as of my duties of being student council body president i had to like approve and do all the the Events so like I had to helm the talent show. I had to wow. uh, be involved with with uh, the choir and how they got funding and stuff. And I had to be involved in in drama and how they got cast and stuff. And uh, I got cast in the lead role uh, at in my drama at school, and I loved it. I had what such was a great the show? time. Uh, up the down staircase. Uh huh. I was the troubled kid. Yeah, who, you were. Yeah, I was like <laughs> I was a rough boy, which is why everyone laughed at it because I was just like. I was I looked like a greaser, um, but uh, then the next year at, at high school uh, I went I took drama again because I was like I like drama it's it was fun it was the one thing I really enjoyed out of my my time at as student council president and uh, in that class I had never been so upset at other people before I was like I looked around the room and I saw so many theater kids that were like. I am going to perform for the rest of my life. Like, this is what I do. I've been tapped in because I was two. Like, those kinds of people. Yeah, yeah, yep. And I sat there, and they they weren't good. Ooh. Like, like they just... Oh, my God. They It was like they were doing their homework and expecting an A. Truth come out. And there was a guy in the class who ended up being one of my really good friends in high school, and then in college disowned me for some weird reason, which was really dumb of him. Um <laughs> Some of him, Poor really. Poor he choice. was my best, fr- like one of my closest friends in high school. People always thought we were really good friends. He was a year above me. He graduated, went to uh, my college that I ended up going to, and I had classes with him. And I tried so hard to be his friend. He refused to like actually have communications with me. That's too bad. Mm-hmm. Until this day, like it's still the same case. Even though I've tried time and time again, it was Seth Green, you guys. No. But no. Um, Anyways, this guy at the time exuberated the theater kid mantra of like, I'm a theater kid and I've studied and I can dance and sing. And he just pissed me off. Mm -hmm. I was like, you you aren't trying. You're just doing this because like no one else is doing it. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to give you the competition you didn't ask for. And so I studied and I did the work and I perfected my performances and I went in there and I crushed it. And that was how I got like an adrenaline high from it. And like between the speeches I gave and, and all that stuff, I just was like, let's fucking go. I'm going to do this acting thing and really give it a shot. Um, and I don't say this enough and I feel like I should. Uh, I know they're not watching, but uh, Carrie Hader 
and Sasha Duncan, the two, my two, uh, my my English teachers and my drama, my drama and and uh, choreo teachers. Um, the two of them saved my life in high school. They were so supportive uh, of me and my career and what I did, and they gave me my life. And uh, if you have a teacher that's in your life that has done that, tell them how much they mean to you because. Mm. Without them, I would not end up right here. I kid sure. you not. If it was not for them, I I probably would. I'd be dead by now. Just just with Jesus. It's true. It's it's scary and real. But they 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 made my life for me, and I and I never got to tell them enough how important they were. So tell your teachers. As I say this, Trump is like pulling funding across the country. So <laughs> uh, sorry. And on that note. And on that note, thank you for watching the That One Peter Galaxy podcast. Ted, we forgot last week. We forgot last week. Oh. We were signing out and we forgot. Yeah. So we need two. Oh, two? shit. We yeah. need two, Ted. I'm not. Make it up. I can't Make do it two. Up. You got a phone. I'll go. let you Google. Go, go, go. Right. Two awkward facts. All right. First one. Yeah. Yeah. In Europe, if you don't park super efficiently, you're, you're probably, you're, someone's going to key your car. Oh, shit. That's what my cousin said. So it's a fact. Wow. So, yeah, get Number on your two. game. Get on Number your game. Two. Number two is... Um, Tell us something you know about an animal. An animal. Yeah. Uh, yeah, what other animals do you want to stick your hand through their mouth? <laughs> uh, bears. Yeah. Uh, for tell, sure. Tell us something you know about animals. Animals. Uh... It, if if you like grab a a lot of lizards by the tail, they'll be like, "Oh shit, take the tail!" and they can just like decide to leave it. And like, what if humans did that? That'd be that'd be kind of crazy. Just butts. Like if I or if I like tried to grab your arm and you were like, "Whoop, take it, I'm out." I thought you meant butts. Also. Or butts. I know that you meant like if like there are many species of lizards who have this ability. Yeah. But when you said if you just grab a bunch of lizards by the tail, I thought you meant like here's a box of lizards. Let me just grab them by the tail, and they'll be like, oh shit! Like as a group, they'll run yeah, away. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tails, every. Thank you, Ted. Those are those are great facts. The, the more you know. Thank you, Ted. <laughs> guys, this has been the That One Video Galaxy Podcast. I'm Gerard. I was Brett. And I was Ted. And we'll see you guys next week for another episode. Thanks. Bye. Bye. You're all awesome. <laughs>